Hello and welcome to the Farm Forum podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Comstock, Editor-in-Chief at Farm Forum. And today I'm joined by Young Kwan, CEO of Alchemab, a really interesting company that's taking a new approach to drug discovery. I'll let Young explain a little more about what that means. But first of all, welcome to the show and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Jonah. It's great to be here. So uh, to, to start off, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and your background and um, your journey to Alchemab. So I've been with Alchemab for just about two years now. Uh, for the 10 years prior to that, I was at a biotech company called Momenta Pharmaceuticals, which is in the uh, Kendall Square area. And that's really where I had a, a great deal of experience, uh, you know, learning how to be a biotech executive and doing a lot of great things, first as head of business development and ultimately as chief business officer and uh, chief financial officer. Uh, and that was before we sold the company to J&J in 2020. Uh, before that, I had the chance to do a lot of different things. I started off after getting my undergrad at MIT, going into a PhD program at Harvard and focused in biochemistry uh, as my uh, degree. As much as I loved research, I ultimately realized I wanted to, to get involved on the business side. And I didn't know what that meant as a scientist, but I had the chance to do some consulting at a healthcare consulting firm, and then ultimately landed with a venture capital firm called Advanced Technology Ventures, where I was involved in investing in early stage biotech and device companies. And that's really where I learned a lot more about how early stage companies work and how venture capital works. And it was a great experience. This, this was post-genomics uh, bubble burst. And after spending some time there, I went to Biogen in business development. And I think of that like a, uh, almost like a postdoc in terms of where I got to really learn about how companies make medicines and all the things it really takes to be successful as a biotech. And so that was a great experience before I went to Momenta and got a chance to really apply all those lessons uh, myself. So I sort of teased in the intro that Alchemab is is a company with a, a new approach to drug discovery. Um, ex- lay, lay that out for us and explain, you know, what, what makes it unique and, and sort of, um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so most companies get involved in starting on a pathway or a target and looking to make a molecule. But Alchemab is actually focused around thinking about what keeps people well. How are certain people resilient to disease, whereas others succumb to disease? And so the, the main focus of the company is to leverage the power of the immune system to identify therapeutics. And we're looking to find antibodies in people that are resilient that we could then use to treat people who are, who are ill. And so what was interesting about the company was it was a platform built on the idea that we could find antibodies that are associated with resilience. And this is in, in diseases that most people don't think about. So I think we all appreciate that if we get uh, COVID, Right, our body's generating an immune response. It's generating antibodies to help us fight off the infection. But in addition to, to fighting off infectious diseases like COVID, our immune system is an exquisite detector of pathogenic things. And so what Alchemab's goal is to do is to find these antibodies that are associated with resilience in people with diseases that people don't think about for an immune response. So for example, neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's, or frontotemporal dementia, or even cancer. So we have the ability to work on these diseases in an agnostic way. So 
we don't necessarily need to hypothesize that a certain target is important for disease. What Alchemab does is we first take individuals, we take patient samples, and we are often ourselves thinking about what does resilience mean in a particular disease? So it could be as simple, say, for cancer as long-term survivorship. One disease we look at is pancreatic cancer, where the median survival is often measured in months, whereas there are people that have lived many years with pancreatic cancer. Well, why is that? Why do some people survive so long, whereas others succumb so quickly when they all get the same treatment? And so our belief is that the immune response, the ability to generate antibodies against some of those pathogenic proteins is a portion of what those individuals who are resilient benefit from. We wouldn't say it's the only thing, but what Alchemab's platform is built to do is to sort of search for these antibodies that are associated with resilience. And that's a unique thing because as a platform, we can work on many different diseases. One of the interesting things I think about your company is, is, you know, because you have this sort of flipped approach of looking for healthy people, um, you need to explore kind of alternate data sources, alternate organizational sources for finding these resilient patients. Um, And, you know, you have some interesting kind of threads there, you know, looking at folks who have just lived a really long time. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about that piece and and how it's been to sort of build a, a different kind of a pipeline for finding these kind of crucial patients who are the beginning of the kind of breadcrumb trail that you follow to find these targets. One of the interesting aspects of the company is that uh, despite being just a few years old, it was founded in late 2019, it's been built off the back of a fairly large number of different collaborations. And because we have the ability to look for these resilient antibodies in different populations, that really opens up a lot of different ideas that one can pursue to identify individuals who might be resilient. So one of the patient groups or individual groups that you're referring to is that we have a group of centenarians. So this is a population of individuals who are who average over 100 years old that are healthy without cognitive impairment. And so they have somehow hit the, the lottery in terms of their health. And we think of that as, as, um, as a unique population to, to look at because clearly they have an immune system and maybe other factors that are involved in keeping them healthy. And so oftentimes that's one of the groups that we screen as part of our evaluation of many different diseases. The beauty of our approach is that because our approach involves sequencing the antibody repertoires of different individuals, we can take all this data and we have it you know, coalesced in what we call our data cube, which now has over 350 million sequences of different individuals. So let's say that we start by looking at a cohort of individuals at risk for Alzheimer's, but perhaps don't have the disease. If we find signals that are associated with resilience, we can then also look at our healthy aged individuals, or we can look at other populations. So one of the elements of the, the approach, which is you know, newer, you know, I think in, in biotech, is that you know, the data is actually important. And for us, the more data we assemble on different patient populations, especially those that are resilient, the better we're able to look at how any resilient antibody we find might actually apply across different patient groups or different uh, resilient groups that, that, that we look at. What are you looking for when it comes to an antibody here? What's a, what makes an antibody a good candidate for, for further investigation? 
I mean, you've, you've sort of got a lot of winnowing you have to do to find these targets. Absolutely. So the winnowing is important because for any uh, particular individual, we'll sequence between 100,000 to a million different antibodies. So if you think about that from one person, multiplying that by dozens for any particular resilience cohort or progressor cohort, we're starting to talk about some, some pretty big numbers. So what we're looking to do is winnow that down and look for, first, conceptually, the antibodies that are specifically associated with resilience. So we're looking for that cream of the crop that for some reason only appears in these, in these specific individuals. So there's a big computational effort there to look for those. But then beyond that, we're looking for the robustness of that signal. So if we're sifting for a needle in the haystack, we want to make sure that that signal is robust. And the way that we do that is, one, we look to see whether other individuals have the same antibody. So let's say that we're looking at frontotemporal dementia and we find an antibody that we think is associated with resilience. First question is, well, hey, do other people in the same cohort have it? Because if other individuals have the exact same antibody, that's pretty rare given that our body can, in theory, generate 10 to the 12th or 13th different antibodies. So the same, having the same sequence in multiple individuals is, is pretty rare. Then we actually look to see if other people in other resilient cohorts have it. So we are focused around a number of different neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and dementia. And the truth is, is that Unfortunately, these diseases often have common features. They have cognitive impairment and degeneration of axons and neurons. And so the, some of those disease processes are actually uh, in common, despite the different names we call these diseases. So if we find an antibody in one resilient cohort and we find the same one in a different neurodegenerative disease, that helps build, this, helps build confidence around the robustness of the finding. And then the third piece of this uh, is the antibody itself. So we know that your immune system, when it's trying to uh, bind or attack something, it's evolving the antibody. It's mutating it, trying to make a better version so that ultimately it develops the most robust binder. And so because of the way that the immune system works with this hypersomatic uh, mutation, we can actually track how the immune system is evolving the antibodies to develop the best binder. So by looking at all those processes, we can understand the robustness of the immune response, which helps us uh, understand the robustness of this effect, that it's not just a, some kind of spurious finding, but your body's actually selecting to make an antibody to do this. And that gives us confidence around the, the signal that we find in those resilient individuals, and ultimately gives us more confidence to think about how we take that forward as a uh, drug candidate. Now, from a technology perspective, sifting through all of these antibodies, I imagine it's something you would not be able to do without the help of AI and, and computers managing all this data. What, what are some of the challenges there and, and some of the innovations that have uh, let you make that piece work? Absolutely. I mean, one of the very interesting aspects of a company like Alchemab is we very much pair the traditional lab work with computational analysis. So the computational work at, its, uh, at the first level is involved in that winnowing process you mentioned, you know, taking these very large data sets of antibodies and winnowing it down to the most robust signals. So this computational work there, but we also have uh, work beyond that to essentially use 
machine learning and AI algorithms to be able to uh, develop fully intact antibodies. And so we are working with uh, NVIDIA's supercomputer in the UK as part of a, um, a collaboration that uh, was announced about a year ago that allows us to essentially you know, take very large data sets and use that supercomputer to refine them much more quickly than we could do uh, using more traditional uh, cloud computing. And so it's important for us to be able to take large data sets because we are very much on the cutting edge of translating antibodies into something that we can actually use through machine learning. Uh, this is an evolution of the transformer work that Google uh, pioneered. Uh, and for us, we are very much at the cutting edge of being able to use machine learning and AI to be able to not only sift through and intelligently interrogate large bits of data, but also to be able to develop antibodies that are intact to be able to actually make drugs out of uh, in the future. So now that we have kind of an understanding of, of the approach, um, give us an update on on how it's going. Um, have you found some of these candidates? Have you taken them further to, to really validate the approach? And, and what are some of the milestones coming up for you? So the company is doing great. You know, we currently have three lead programs that are going uh, in through uh, in vivo models. And what's been really interesting to me is that these three programs, one's in Huntington's disease, one's targeting a protein that's known called CD33, and the third is targeting uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, each of these targets different biology, but what we've seen is that each of them is producing some very interesting in vitro and in vivo findings. So what I've been most pleased about is that the platform actually, it actually works. We're able to look at resilient cohorts, pick interesting antibodies and targets, make those antibodies, test them in vitro and in vivo, and see that they actually have an effect. So we've, we're beginning to come full circle with the idea, which is really interesting, to actually saying that, yes, these could be interesting therapeutics. And what I've been most impressed about with the a platform and the approach is that we have an abundance of riches. You know, every time we look at a resilient cohort with our technology, we're actually able to find interesting antibodies and targets. And so one of the challenges for us is we have so many opportunities to work on. Of course, a small company like us can't do that all alone. And so we are thinking about business development and other ways to ultimately take forward all the unique ideas that our research team and our platform team are, are generating. So um, one kind of effect of, of the approach you're taking is that you're not limited to, and you've kind of alluded to this already, you're not limited to one therapeutic area. You're not um, kind of focused in the way that other companies might be. Uh, it has resulted in kind of a broad range of initiatives going forward. So how do you manage that in terms of having the expertise and flexibility to work in, in different areas at the same time? Well, this is one of the opportunities and challenges that we have, because what's really interesting about our approach internally, it's a bit like being a kid in a candy store. There's so many different things that we could do in different diseases. And because we have a platform at some level, the starting material doesn't matter in a sense that you know we're essentially sequencing antibodies. We can do that from almost any sample. Um, so for us, we are quite focused around neurodegenerative disorders as the main focal point for the, the near term. And the reason for this is that these diseases are, I would say, one of the greatest challenges of our time. These diseases like Alzheimer's are not curable. 
And even the most recent innovations, such as the beta amyloid antibodies for Alzheimer's, these ideas were conceived decades ago. And it's taken so long for us to be able to either take the innovations and uh, put them into patients successfully. And so, you know, we believe we have a unique take on that. And so we are building the capabilities on the neuro side in order to fully elaborate on the many diseases and, uh, and hopefully develop therapies to treat the many patients who have these diseases. However, for other areas, you know, we have a strong interest in oncology. Oncology clearly is an area that has a lot of different strategies. Um, and for us, you know, we would uh, very much like to be able to collaborate with companies who have specific ex expertise in order to help advance some of the ideas that, that we're developing. And, you know, as I was referring to around the embarrassment of riches, I, I really think that with our approach, um, you know, we aren't limited by anything but our own ability to uh, execute and build capabilities and do things. So by and large, you know, we'll work in partnership in areas outside of neuro. Um, and ultimately, as we grow, hopefully we'll be able to add other areas that we ourselves can build expertise in. So you have, as you mentioned at the very beginning, you have a pretty broad experience you're bringing to this in, in terms of big pharma, small pharma, biotech. Um, what are some of the big uh, lessons you've learned you know, throughout your career and, and in particular uh, in this latest chapter at Alchemab? You know, I would say that the, the thing I learned after being at Momenta for, for 10 years where we had a number of ups and downs is that biotech is very much uh, a roller coaster ride. And we had some really amazing successes, but some really crushing, you know, defeats too. And I would say that what I think the number one determinant of success for biotechs is culture and the ability to build and foster a culture where people are empowered to make the company their own and help it succeed. That I think for Momenta was, the, was a really important factor in our success. And I would say that what I really liked about Alchemab, when I was first learning about it, was something very similar. Had a really interesting, uh, innovative culture, a lot of engagement, uh, people who wanted to take on and do things differently, you know, and certainly Alchemab, you know, we do things differently. And Momenta, in its own way, was doing things differently, too. And so that, that, those, those, that factor of having a strong culture really helps when the path is uncertain and it takes a lot of, of initiative and engagement to be able to take on the hard challenges that, that we do. I know a lot of companies, sort of one ingredient in building that culture is the focus on the patient as a, as a North Star. And in some ways, that's easier when you're tackling a particular disease and you sort of can understand what the patient with that disease is like and, and you know, the challenges they face. When you're starting, kind of when you're letting the patient guide you to the to the targets like you guys are doing, um, you know, how do you keep the patient at the center and, and how does your culture kind of leverage that idea? Well, for us, you know, a, a lot of biotech companies talk about patients and, and rightly so. Um, and we talk about being patient first because literally the first step of our process starts with patients. And what we spend a lot of time thinking about is what does resilience mean for a particular disease? What does that look like? Um, and being able to think about those factors of what makes people well or how are they resisting is really important for us. So we spend a lot of time thinking about that and talking to clinicians around 
you know, what we might think of as profiles for what a resilient individual looks like. And we go from there. So that, that's really the catalyst for anything that we do is thinking about how are these patients doing well? What does that look like? You know, how do we distinguish that from a disease progressor? Because we need to have different groups that we can take samples from. So we start there. Um, but I would say also that, you know, we're working on diseases that affect so many people, right? The, the prevalence of Alzheimer and dementia in this current day and age, while fairly immense, is nothing like it's going to be in 20 or 30 years. And the, the challenges of these, these diseases is it doesn't just affect the individual who has it, but it affects their family and their caregivers and others. And so it's really amplified. And I would say that we all know somebody who's been affected by these different diseases. And I like to think that many people, when they hear the idea about Alchemab, also say, hey, by the way, you know, my grandmother, she lived to be, you know, in her 90s and she was, you know, sharp as a tack and things like that. So what I hope is that people, um, they resonate with our story, um, can see how it's a different approach. And, and we're working very hard every day to try and develop these, you know, innovative therapies to, to ultimately get into patients. Thinking about antibodies, um, th there is so much going on in pharmaceutical innovation, obviously, in, in many different kind of, along many different routes. Um, obviously, immunotherapy is, is a big one. Um, but how, you know, when you think about something like Alzheimer's, where, you know, so many different companies are, are working on it in different ways, uh, how do you see kind of the therapies you're developing fitting in with the overall kind of treatment landscape as you go forward? What's the... What's the role for antibody therapies in that kind of 10,000 foot view? Well, antibodies are a tried and true approach. And, you know, now I think we can confidently say that as a modality, you know, they have a, an enormous amount of success. And even for something that one might think of as a challenge, which is a disease of the brain, uh, antibodies uh, have shown their effectiveness. And so clearly the beta amyloid antibodies <laughs> are, 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 um, are effective uh, and approved for, for, for Alzheimer's. So we know that antibodies cross the blood-brain barrier. And um, so we know that they can be uh, in the brain, which is obviously is very important for a company like ours, but many others who are developing antibody therapies for central nervous system disorders. But also what's interesting about our approach is we find all our antibodies in the periphery. So we are taking blood samples and that's where we find the sequences of the antibodies. So we know that these antibodies floating around in our blood can, can get to the brain. And so as a modality, we think it's a great approach in terms of the, the safety they've shown and the, the efficacy. And so we think it's a great modality. It doesn't mean that we won't consider other approaches in the future. Uh, the company's taking small molecule approaches and others, um, but ultimately, you know, antibodies are a tried and true approach, and we think are a great place to start for these ideas. Now, remember, for us, we're pulling antibodies out of patients, and we believe that these antibodies have been naturally optimized in the person. So, one thing that we've seen, and our chief scientific officer Jane Osborne, if she were here, would say, is that she wouldn't necessarily design these antibodies this way. The human you know, the immune system has, has exquisitely created this antibody that does something unique on this target that oftentimes we wouldn't necessarily predict it. And we've seen that for, you know, each of our programs is very interesting antibodies that we wouldn't have found if we just immunized a mouse or did something the old fashioned way. 
And so this natural selection, we think, is a very important feature of our approach is these have been optimized in a person for probably years and years to get to the place where it's being um, helpful to them as part of their of the impact in, in addressing their their disease. So, so we very much like antibodies. We very much like these naturally optimized antibodies because we think that they have a unique role in helping these patients stay well. Anything we haven't discussed yet that you think is, is important to mention or, or, or that you enjoy talking about um, and, or, you know, any final thoughts? Well, I, I, I guess I would just say that, um, you know, as a platform company, we have quite a bit of opportunity. And, you know, if there are folks listening out there who are interested in certain disease areas or have certain patient samples and would like to understand what antibodies they may have that might play a role in treating disease or causing disease, that's the kind of thing that, that we very much are interested in as a company. Because as, as a platform approach, you know, we're certainly a company that's focused on making products from our platform, but we also want to leverage the platform. And that's something which we can't do all on our own. And so, you know, we have all kinds of ideas for different disease areas or resilience approaches that we think could be interesting to develop therapies um, in, but we can't do it all ourselves. And ultimately, we would love to find partners who have an interest in thinking along with us about how to take our approach and develop new innovations. Great. Well, thank you so much, Young. It's been really great chatting with you and, and learning a little bit about the work you do at Alchemap. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing updates as you move forward with some of these candidates. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. That concludes this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. You can find more information about this episode, including a download link and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com podcast. The Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and Podme, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins and to follow us on Twitter at at Pharma Forum. Thanks for listening. Thank you.